You're watching the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. Welcome back to episode Baird Hayden of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode as we approach the beginning of hockey season. How excited are you, Mr. Matt? Oh, I, I was so excited. I went to uh, the ASU's like opening uh, for the women's season, and I was like, hockey's back, like just just chilling in, in Oceanside, just like, yes, let's do this. I'm ready for 40 losses and, and a bunch of uh, <laughs> bunch of annoying memes, but I'm here for it with the brand new ASU hat. Absolutely love it. Not the, the dad hat my wife wanted me to wear because she wants me to look 40, apparently. <laughs> I understand that. I'm uh, uh, I was convinced into buying some Crocs. I don't remember if I said that at, when I went to Disneyland. And man, I feel like a an old man after wearing those shoes. Don't diss Crocs. I go to I don't like, diss man. and get my my cheap Crocs, but it's like I wear them everywhere. But I wear socks with my Crocs, so my feet don't stink. Yep, that's that's yep. the Desert Moon experience. We talk about feet and Antonio Brown's uh. Uh, blessings on this podcast to start off. That is for sure. Uh, I think that we have only a few things to talk about really on this episode. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't see, I I feel like it's a reoccurring thing on this podcast that I just say, I don't remember what we said last week. Uh, And unfortunately that's like the ADHD brain kicking in. So you might end up just, you know, consistently hearing that throughout this episode. But, uh, you know, we are approaching the beginning of the season and we did get some like unconfirmed news about some potential links leaks with jerseys. And I, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen them online there. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago and the the mock ups, the ones we showed on screen were just mock ups yeah. by it was a Twitter account. I, I hope that we that it showed the information on screen and everything. But it's if. I did not think orange could work. Richie yeah. like was like, all right, fine, more for me then. But I did not think an orange jersey could work. Like the the concept if it's like that, I'll be buying some. Uh, and and what what do you like, you want to lead off with that? Since we're already talking about jerseys, since we can kind of like yeah, I like, because they didn't they renew a contract with a, yeah, a brand because like, oh they they signed to a contract I'm like but weren't they there last year for a lot of the merchandising stuff? I think so. Um, and that's that's what the uh, context is with this jersey is that the Coyotes announced that they are continuing or renewing that partnership with um, I'm drawing a blank on who it was, but they did a fashion line. Oh, goodness. I forget the name of it, but they're pretty popular, pretty successful. And, you know, that's good to hear, you know, get somebody who knows fashion and do some fun stuff. Be creative. Mm-hmm. Be creative. Like, give us like some cool stuff. Like back in the day, I feel like we got some pretty good designs. Like the snapback hat that I had, it was like Phoenix Coyotes with a little logo on the side. Do more with like, the Arizona State like outline. There's one my brother-in-law got. He had this until his dog chewed it like over a like, 10-year period. But it had the Arizona State outline with a little coyote right here. Like it was – I want more cool like fun stuff like that than just we're the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. And – um you know, we we had those partnerships last year or the year before. It all just runs blank in my mind. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was last year where we brought in. Uh, it was three different local artists to work on hats. And mm-hmm. uh, 
I only got one of the three hats. Unfortunately, I I was uh, busy with work for the other ones, but my dad has them. Uh, and those were all really, really cool. I like that idea of bringing in local artists to uh, design stuff as well. Yeah, I, it's just the, the, the more like variety, because we're always going to get the standard stuff. We're always going to get and we appreciate it. I, I don't mind boring designs, but it's like give us something weird and out there like what they were going to do in baseball where they, they had the burrito on the D-backs hat and they canceled that line because it got cloud on so much. If, yeah. Look, if anyone has a prototype for that hat, I got a crisp 200 bucks sitting right here for you because <laughs> that thing was like disgusting, but I need it kind of disgusting. So I, I'm pretty like, give me more fun stuff like that. Yeah. I can't remember. Was the... um. Oh, they they have a, a specific jersey that's Spanish themed. Is it Los D-backs or is it? Yeah, Los D-backs. Los Suns D-backs. Los Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Coyotes had that. Was it the Cinco de Mayo? Yeah, the Cinco de Mayo one. ones. And that, if if they put that on like a regular jersey, it would be a fashion jersey, obviously. But like the, I don't like changes to logos and whatnot, but the the changes they did to the peyote head on that was like tasteful and like really artistic like give me that i I wanted that on a jersey i wanted that on a hat i wanted to buy like 16 of them because that was just a a phenomenal like design for it and i'm like please more of that please i i really hope that we get more of that inspiration this year and into the future you know arizona that's like our culture we're on the border we're southern culture you know we've got we've got a blend of spanish native and then everybody else that's like come in and it's like really, really cool to see all that Southern theme, right? There's a reason why we have the Arizona neckties, for instance, <laughs> as Matt struggles with his camera. Yeah, yeah I'm getting, I'm, my arms are weak and flabby and tired and I don't <laughs> want to look fat the entire time. I know I'm fat, but like I don't want to look for, fat the entire time on camera. For, for our audio listeners, this is why Matt sounds a little bit different this week is uh, him being in Flagstaff. He's he's got us on phone, but at least he's got some vi- video with us. So that's that's good. And we also got a pretty nice view. Was a, there was a double rainbow before. I think it's gone now when it was raining, but it's the, a phenomenal view. I would not mind the concept of living in Flagstaff, but the actuality is it's probably not my my scene. I'd probably go to Prescott Valley if I was moving up north. Yeah. Yeah. Both are both are nice. I've got family in both Prescott and uh, Flag. I, I do think that Flag is really like beautiful, just like consistently. And then you also have Humphrey's, Humphrey's Peak right there. So you can do like a lot of snowboarding and skiing and stuff. But uh, man, I, I love massive city living. I don't know. I love the, the culture. <laughs> I love the blends. I love everything being there. Nice and convenient stuff to do all the time. I am the exact opposite. I literally like put me in Payson before it started expanding more Sholo before it, it got put on the map, so to speak. If I yeah. have my brother-in-law from Sholo, but they put me somewhere like there where it's like a nice, I don't even need like a big you know, piece of land, but like a nice house. And I'm kind of like tucked away, away from a lot of people. I'm the reclusive type that, especially if I ever did like this full time, I could work from home and I would be just fine. Then yeah. go in the backyard and it's time to go, you know, play in the woods with my dogs. Like that sounds like the ideal life for me. That sounds a lot like, uh, there's a city, uh, further East of Sholo called round Valley. It's, uh, eager mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, Springerville. That's where my wife lived for five or six years. And she lived up there. It's only like 
4,000 people, or at least at the time it was like 4,000. I think even that's expanding to like eight or nine. Uh, but yeah, I, I understand the small town living vibes. I just, man, I am, I'm too lazy and I love having my convenience and, uh, yeah, but I will say the, the Starlink thing is pretty tempting. Uh, I have a friend who lives in, in, uh, the round Valley area and he has Starlink and consistently getting a hundred upload in, I think it's like 20 or sorry, uh, a hundred download in like 20 upload, which is pretty damn good for rural internet. That's, uh, that's pretty tempting. Just saying. Cause like my problem with like Flagstaff or Pacer or whatever is like, it, it, like they've grown so much yeah. where it's like, it's, it's pretty much like trying to put maybe like a smaller Tucson up in the mountains. Cause obviously it's not going to reach the size of, of the greater Phoenix area. Not going to be dumb on the pod, but it's like, it, it's just kind of being a lot more people, more city like, and it's like, I, I'm the type that would just, Put me somewhere in the woods in Montana. I don't care. Give me an <laughs> and keep me away from everybody. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, All right, I will so what s- topics do you want to talk about today? I will say before we get into the topics, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, just uh, make sure that you toss us a follow, a like, a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Leave a review. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. It goes a long way. Uh, as for topics to talk about, I don't know. Do we want to talk about how this preseason has been going so far and nope, what, I, nope. what the experience <laughs> was from the uh, Friday's game <laughs> after? I, I haven't been watching because I'm like, it's hard to, to find sources to watch it. And it's like yeah. they don't count anyway. So I, I've been kind of busy or kind of like I'll enjoy these last couple of like meaningless games I don't have to pay attention to because as soon yeah. as we get into hockey season, you know me, it's like bam, 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 watching everything I possibly can. Uh, but I, w- I want to I wanna talk about how is it so hard to get this chicken trade done? I want to oh, God. you, you saw okay. it, you can show the video okay. right now. I'll show it. I flipped Chick at a second round draft pick for Kachuk, uh, uh, Norris, Pinto, and Grieg. Yeah. I'm just saying, how is it so hard, Bill Armstrong? Get it done, Bill Armstrong. Yeah, I don't know if that's sense fans overvaluing their prospects or if that's uh, EA, you know, with their garbage coding. I'll just say it nicely. (laughs) Oh, I, I can explain it. That's my second season in my franchise mode. Yeah. And uh, I won the cup. I went like 81 0 and 0 or like 8 or 82 and 0 or whatever the hell I did. And I had Chicken score like 20 goals and somewhere around like 80 something points with the amount of assists that were running around. So his value went up, but I couldn't trade for Austin Matthews because no matter how I, I would, I got Ovechkin on the team. So I threw him in the deal. I threw, uh, uh, Kaprizov, because I, I got him in like free agency or something. I threw him in the deal. I couldn't make the money work, and they kept telling me that they're un- unwilling. So I went to Ottawa and just like I'll get everything. But no, when it when it comes to like I, I think Ottawa fans they're overvaluing the prospects it, a little bit, I suppose. But I think it's more so they don't want to give up anything. It's yeah. like hey, we want your best player because objectively speaking, it's Kells and Chick. Pick whichever order. I think Kells is a better player, but he also plays a more valuable position in terms of scoring, not in terms of, of the defensive side of the game, but he's also doing that pretty well. Just not on the level of Chikrin. So yeah. it's like, we want your best player, arguably one of your two best players. 
but you can't have any of our best prospects. And then I'm like, then why would I give you one of our best players? Yeah, well, you know, Keller hasn't received any trophy votes in his entire career, aside from the Calder, right? Like, Chikrin has at least had votes for the Norris. Yes, he didn't have a good season last season, but... I mean, man, if he goes into this season, watch out. I think he's going to be a man on a mission for those first, like, 10, 15 games to prove everybody that he is the player that is to be expected. And all I know is that if they can just get Ottawa and Edmonton, because they've reportedly both been in, then out, then in, then out. So we'll just assume those are the, are the, are the two main teams right now. If we can get them in the in the right bidding war. And Chikrin comes out because I, I predicted on social media. I want to have it on video right now. He will be traded by December 1st. That's just calling my shot Babe Ruth style. No insider information on anything. I just it would make good timing because also at the Tempe Arena, they want that done right around holiday season. It would yeah. be pretty good timing for the future kind of starting to to really mold in front of us. So that's why I'm going with that. But. You know, if he comes out first 10, 15 games, if he's on a point per game or even a little under a point per game pace, that price goes right back up. And if you get enough teams, you get a couple of injuries, hopefully nothing major. Not going to wish any injuries on anyone, but they do happen. You get a couple of injuries like, hey, we can use this guy. Uh, Not the trade in the video, obviously, but it's entirely possible you can get Grieg and or Pinto plus some stuff. Yeah, if. He comes out and does that. Things still need to be met because he did just come off a really bad season. He has had a lack of availability on the ice overall. There are those concerns that are going to drive the price down right now. But guess what? Same thing with winning and attendance. It fixes everything. So go out there, get a couple of extra wins for us because we're going to probably taper off at the end of the season with the trade deadline. So a couple extra early wins. Get me some points. Get your value up. I, I, you know, I'm. Uh, criticize the contract, excuse me, but never like hated the the player. Go, you know, go wherever you need to go. Check, just please get us a good return. I have nothing personal. Yep, uh, I I think you nailed it. I don't think there's really much else to say aside from just you know, Cowdy's fans, if you're listening to this, if you see him come opening night ceremony, you know, treat him with respect. You know, it's a guy who. He didn't just say, oh, I'm not playing for this team. I'm not doing anything for this team. He's still trying to be a good sport. He's still trying to be out there taking care of what he needs to do as a business sense. Please don't boo him or berate him for wanting out. Okay. That's all I got to say. Please be, be kind. Okay. You know. Ultimately, we're going through a rebuild, and if he returns with some amazing assets, you know, you, you can't be mad. You, you can't be mad. So be nice to him. Don't be a dick. Uh, aside from that, that's my soapbox, and I'm going to get off of it. So don't be a Richard. But no, like seriously, oh, like when the type of contract happened, it's, it's probably being pitched to him as we're going to the playoffs. We'll be in the playoffs in the next two to three seasons and we'll be competing past that. I yep. mean, hell, I was even on record and I stand by it. You know, before last season, they did not need to enter a rebuild. They still had a playoff caliber team, but they were probably a wild card playoff team. So, you know, GNBA looks at it. He's like, this isn't going to get us very far. 
let's just hard reset right now. Let's go through all, all the pain, get it out of the way. It ended up being for the best overall, but I sure wasn't happy about it at the time. But how do you think Chick feels? It's literally, you know, you're pitching it as we're going to be a, a contender. And then after a couple of years, because of a lot of things primarily off the ice, hey, yeah. we're going right back and do a rebuild. It's like I understand his perspective, especially my concern we've talked about with you, you know, is that the double knee surgery He's also talking about how careers don't last that long. We also talk about the possibility of even if he plays well, we would be a little weary of wanting another contract with him because of that, because it will catch up to him. Yep. What if he's also on the same mindset there, even just like as an additional concern? So just like I said, it's a, it's a little funny to go from this, this fan base all offseason. We don't need to trade trade Chicker. That's a stupid idea. Then he comes out and says the thing that we've all known. If you would have uh, read Craig Morgan's reporting at the end of the season, we did an interview with him. You would have known if you read between the lines. He pretty much said it without saying it. So it's like yeah. now it's like, oh, get him out of here. It's like, calm down. It's like, no, no hate. No hate. He's not trashing the, the organization, not trashing the, the fans. It's kind of like Michael Bunting, where Michael Bunting said – I would have come back, but, you know, I just wanted to go explore other opportunities. Same thing here. Just yep. let's move on gracefully. And also, you know, if we do get, let's just say Riley Grieg, right? And then, God forbid, Chicker is just not the same player in, th- in three, four years, and he's just going down a cliff. You're going to be looking at that trade like we got this strong asset for a guy that had less staying power. So no matter how you want to look at it, there is the cynical, the positive, the amicable Pick a side and look at it through that lens because no matter what, it's for the best for everyone. Yep. Yeah. And to to add on to that point, you know, if Chickren's in his prime currently and we already are going through a rebuild, don't kid yourself, don't joke yourself, even though, Matt, I know you like to say we might be more competitive <laughs> than you think this year. Let's not kid ourselves. We're going through a rebuild, right? We finished second to last mm-hmm. last year. It's probably going to be roughly close, if not the same this year the more years of chicken's prime that are wasted you know is is just a hindrance to his career it, it's like what we've been saying with mcdavid in ottawa now finally ottawa is or not did i say ottawa yeah uh, edmonton. Oilers. edmonton <laughs> i was thinking oilers and and just like the o in my brain was like <laughs> ottawa no uh the oilers um uh, could you imagine if he was on Ottawa? No, <laughs> but uh, right now with that team, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, McDavid. You know, with the Oilers, we were saying like this is a guy who hasn't been in the playoffs. We need to see him in the playoffs. He sells tickets. It's the same thing with with Chikrin. Like he's a good player. He will sell tickets. You want him on a team that's in the playoffs. That's just honestly the truth. And if his career is at its prime, and it's only going to go down from here, you know. Get him into the playoffs. Get him onto a team that's going to be pushing for the playoffs. All right. And uh, want to talk briefly about some ASU hockey? Want to just do just a little little ASU hockey just to kind of get a little more on a positive note from the chicken talk? Yeah. So I'm assuming you're going to be talking about the uh, game that they won 3-0. Yep. Uh, didn't get to watch it. I was at work. It was like a 10-hour shift or whatever. Um completely just dead <laughs> by the end of that. But TJ yeah. Septenfelter had his first, I think it's, I think it's an NCAA like uh, level shutout, but yeah. first of the Sun Devil 
And I think he's he's looked good numbers wise all three of the games so far. I mean, 35 was it 34, 35 saves in both game one and two, but just gave up three and four goals respectively, and they ended up losing those games. And again, going into that, what Duluth are where they were ranked five in like the pre you know season rankings, like that's yeah. a really good team right there. It's a good squad, and this. A uh, little no-name team in Arizona State went in there and played well with them. I know the second game was a lot more in favor of Duluth, but still, you know, yep. Minnesota Duluth, good team. And it's a uh, Bemidji State. I, I'm, B- I'm terrible Bemidji? I think it's Bemidji. Bemidji. Yeah, Bemidji State. They're the Beavers, and uh, you know they win three to nothing. TJ Subdefalter had a great game, and I, uh, 40, I don't have the notes in front of me. Forty. I think it was, it was a forty-save shutout. I want to say. Really, that, that kid is ridiculous. I wasn't just saying that because uh, someone with the last name Septonfelter followed me on Twitter. He actually is a phenomenal goaltender, <laughs> but I'm also just not afraid to lose my knees or something. Just a little baseball bad action. <laughs> <laughs> but do, yeah. do you have the notes in front of you so we can talk about the goals? Because I know, um, I think it was, I, I don't. Was it Matt Simone got his first goal or was it? Well, one um, of the kids got their, their first goal. So I just want to make sure we have the notes in front of us so we can talk about it. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up while you're talking, okay? All right, I'll just fill a space. There is no ASU women's this week. Their next game is on the 12th. It's at Mullet Arena. And uh, barring me starting uh, some business over there, I, I will be attending the game. So hopefully uh, they'll be able to win that one. They're already up uh, 2-0 and, or just 2-0 and so far this season. I think t- they still have ties in college. So overtime losses don't have that third category. I think it's ties. So they had a hot start to the season beating the Utah Utes. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but... Now we talk about the ASU boys, and yeah. I'm just look looking at the scoreboard for like, where's my Joshua Doan? Where's the donor? All right, where's yeah, no, future Captain Coyote? No, no donor. So I do have the scoring summary here. Uh, the uh, first period, there was a goal by oh goodness, I'm terrible with names, so this is gonna be this is gonna be awful. Is it Copperwood or Kuzmunsies? It's Copperud. Thank you for saying it. Matthew Copperud. <laughs> yeah, Copperud. And then assisted by uh, Dylan Jackson. And then uh, in the third period, we had a goal by Jackson Niedermeyer. Uh, and the assist on that was uh, Ryan Alexander and Demetrios who oh is it Demetrius Kuzmuncis Kuzmuncis there you go that's a <laughs> man I I'm awful once. I always said Kuzmuncis or or Kumatis or whatever but yeah. as soon as I heard someone say it I'm like makes perfect sense Demetrius Kuzmuncis and then an unassisted goal by Ty uh Merchantson Merchantson there you go Merchantson <laughs> I I'm so that awful means with names. Joshua Dillon has no points through three games. I don't believe so. No, I don't. Because I know it was uh, Lucas Sillinger had a goal from uh, Robert Mastrimoni, I think, in the second game against Minnesota Duluth. So the the newbies are getting on the board, but I'm like, I'm I'm waiting for Donor. Don't yeah. obviously panic, right? Donor's a bust, right? Go ahead and to- toss him into the Grand Canyon. He's never going to be as good as his dad or, or something three games into the season. <laughs> yeah, so three games, I do not believe he has any points. But at least ASU, you know, they are one and two. There's a game going on, I want to say, as we're talking. And uh, if they can at least win that, they bounce back. They go to two and two. 
season's looking pretty good. I just hope that it's a little better than last year because last year they had a pretty good squad as I was taking notes throughout the season, but it's like they just never like ran away with it. I think they finished at 500 or either slightly above or slightly below. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I apologize, but it's like they and they were a good team. It's not good enough. I'm just hoping with a lot of these additions because Mastromoni, Selinger, the I think they're the Jackson brothers, the Ty and Dylan. Jackson, like they, they got a couple of like really good players, and then Robert or, uh, and then TJ Sattenfelter as a goaltender. That I I think that this team should be so much better this year. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I'm trying to find the saves. This is kind of hard to. <laughs> Let's oh, so you go to individuals the... and you go all the way down because the, the, the ASC website, like with their scorecards, is weird. Oh, go all the way down and total shots as well as like goals against. So just take the total shots, subtract the goals against, and there's your saves. Gotcha. But yeah. So, 40, so, so TJ did have a 40 save shutout. Ridiculous. He's already ready to be a coyote because uh, Kemper is always facing 30, 40 shots. Vamelka, uh, <laughs> his numbers look bad because he's facing 35 to 52 shots a night. <laughs> well, if we're going to talk about shots and uh, unreal saves, man, there was that game against Las Vegas where. Uh, Freaking Aiden Hill put up a 50 saves on three goals on 50 saves or whatever in the preseason. That was crazy. Yeah, I made a joke about that. I'm like, it's required by law. Aiden Hill must face at least like 35 to 50 shots a game or 40 yeah. plus shots a game. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah. So anyways, um, do you want to talk about preseason or you're just like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm so checked out. I mean, we we could talk like we could talk about who we think is going to make the roster. Because okay. I think Michelli had what, a really solid goal last night on the first shot because I was watching a uh, looking at Craig Morgan's feed, uh, who follows me on Twitter now, by the way. So I'm a little terrified. I can't uh, crap post as much anymore. I'm being watched by the professionals. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, oh, they will get a shot on goal. And I think he's like Michelli scored on the first shot. The Coyotes recorded that night. Uh, that was uh, that was back on Tuesday against Vegas. Uh, and then they had a uh, game on Friday, and then we're actually recording this Saturday, so they are currently playing uh, right now as we speak, and they are down apparently 2-0, according to this tracker. Well, I got shut up by Vancouver, so it's not really surprising. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to quickly talk about that Vancouver game. Uh, <laughs> yikes. They uh, got shut out 4-0 in Vancouver, and they only had seven shots on goal. That was a uh, complete domination with, I think it was 10 penalties, I want to say. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. So, uh, OEL, I noticed, had, I think, one assist or two assists, because I, they, for whatever reason, the other preseason games, I got no notifications. This one, randomly, I start getting notifications on my phone, I'm like, oh, hey, they scored. I think Elias Pedersen scored in the, the third goal of the game or something, yep. uh, just off memory. So I guess my memory isn't going that much. I'm not that old yet, but um, there really isn't much to talk about. Like I know it's preseason, but it's also like. I don't know how much of it is the offense isn't settled in yet, because obviously even Kells isn't back yet. I have no idea how much of it is. Guys are like, hey, I know I'm going to make the roster anyway, so I'm just going to not like not try, but kind of coast to yeah. the regular season. And I have no idea how much of any of that is any of that, but I was going to assume it's preseason. It is what it is. They uh, have gone winless so far, I think, the entire preseason. Yes. Yep. And, and uh, 
I just wanted to quickly throw out there for that Canucks game, they were missing mm-hmm. like so many important pieces that are like in, crucial to this team. So no Boyd, no Boyd. Uh, I want to say Boyd Gordon, Travis but that's Boyd. not it. Travis Boyd. Um, no Travis Boyd. No Nick Schmaltz. No Clayton Keller. Uh, and then on the defense, obviously no Chikrin, no Gosses Bear, no JJ Moser. Like there was a lot of pieces missing off that roster. I oh, and uh, Lawson Kraus wasn't there. Like, yeah, it was. You're playing an AHL team. Like, I hope you win <laughs> that well because you're you're literally playing an AHL team. So a couple of the guys that are standing out. I know Gunner looked really good in the rookie tournament, and he's looked decent throughout the preseason. I know. Just the couple things that stuck out to me is in that game in Tucson. One yeah. thing that like stuck out on a handful of shifts is that he just didn't have like the the killer instinct quite yet, and I wasn't sure if it was just because it was a preseason game or not. So like that's why I sent out that tweet I'm like he's a great young player. He's not going to make the team this year, which to me yeah. is fine. You you play with the big boys as long as you can, then you go back to the minors and you work on whatever you need to. Hell, look at Connor Geeky. Was it? It was four goals in his first two games. As you're getting sent down, like if you when you play with the NHLers and then get sent down, it gives you much better perspective on top of that. You know what you need to work on. You actually know by experiencing how much faster everything is. I know a lot of the guys, especially college kids and and uh, juniors kids will always say that's like the game, the speed of the game, how fast it is. So it's like that's really valuable. He'll be on the team next year. Yep. And I have no problems with that. You know, nothing at all. So it's like Gunner, good. I want Michelli a full season down in Tucson. Like I want him to hit like 30 goals down there. The problem is if he hits 30 goals down there, he's gonna do what he did last season and force his way under the roster again. But like last season, he what had a couple points in his first few games, and then I like, kind of got bullied around a little bit. So it's like, did yep. he put on enough weight in the off season? Because you can adjust that. You can you know keep working harder. You can put on a little bit more weight, be able to take some more of the contact. But has he done that? Yep. So far in the preseason, I don't think I can fairly assess anything I've seen because it's preseason. How many guys are trying 100 percent? So it's like I don't want to look too deep into any one or, or two aspects of it. But I'm like, put him back down in Tucson. I want to be cautious. I know uh, Craig Morgan responded to me on Twitter when I said I know I'm cautious, but I want him in Tucson. And he's like, he's also on the play at safe side. And he thinks that, you know, GM Bill Armstrong is also on the same page there. So hopefully yeah. that's, just, you know, putting him where he should be for now. He, I, he's probably going to be, in my opinion, maybe even a slightly better Connor Garland. Take away the physical aspect, but a little more like sharp on the passing, a little bit of a better shot. So I'm like, you kind of already had another Connor Garland. You just had to wait a couple of years in the oven. <laughs> the, the only thing I'm worried about with that comparison is that Connor Garland was fearless in the corners, and he still is. He's a fearless corner player. And I don't know yeah. if I've seen a lot of that out of Michelle yet. I've seen him go into the corners, but I haven't seen him have that drive that want to just absolutely dig out the puck and do uh, by any means necessary. Uh, if he can find that, uh, I think that will secure him as well. I agree. Is Garland's shorter than him, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Cause I know, cause I know Michelle is a little undersized, not like super short or anything, but it's like, I think a part of that might've also been a guy like Garland with the offensive skill you're not going to get, you know, drafted based on just your pure offensive skill because, oh, well, he's undersized. He'll get bullied in the NHL, yada, yada. And then he falls to the fourth, fifth round. But if you also have that grit to your game and that fearlessness, you're going to earn your way into a roster spot. And yep. it's like he developed that. And it's just he'll be on an NHL roster spot as long as he wants to, as long as he's, you know, good health and everything. Yeah, that's the uh, only thing that I think really is holding back Michelli is that that 
drive to be fearless because uh, the skill, the hands, the vision, it's all there. Uh, the shot's okay. I wouldn't say his shot has been anything spectacular, but I don't think you need it to be, right? Like, it's like Keller. Like, Keller has a decent shot. I wouldn't say it's bad, but his shot's not his, like, you know, his apex of his his uh, talents. It's, like, just something in the tool bag. It's, n- it's nothing insane. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that Michelli is kind of in a similar path as maybe like a Keller is. Uh, I really do hope that Michelli can stand out because I don't know if he'll ever be able to crack the top six without that like fearless want and drive into the corners because uh, that's something that you really want to see out of a player like that. Well, especially with Turney's system. I was I was always told it's Turnier, but everyone like since the like the season started it was, it was Turini. I was gonna stick to Turnier though, but it's like it's, it's Turnier's system is very clearly physical. He wants physicality. He wants you to be tough to play against. He's like, I don't even think Turnier cares if you lose ten to nothing. Did you win in hits? Did you out hit your opponent? Did did you make him have to work for every single thing they got? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of how the system is. So it's like Garland would have been perfect in this system. Like if Turnier was the coach. You know, three years ago, Garland's getting a chance earlier. <laughs> yeah, getting the lineup earlier because yep. of that grit. A hundred percent, I agree with you. You know, there was that game like a few years back in Boston that uh, Connor Garland had, and I think after that game, everybody recognized what he was. Even though he didn't, he had like two or three scoring chances. He didn't end up scoring. But just like that fearlessness that he had against Boston, I remember that game, and I was just like, "Yep, this guy is definitely going to be in the NHL." And uh, you know, I, I've liked what I've seen from Michelli, but I haven't seen that like, "Yep, this guy's an NHL like guaranteed player." Um, so it's just something that he needs to work on. Uh, back to what you're talking about when you're talking to pros, when you're talking to a Zach Cassian on your team and he's telling you like, this is what you need to do to be an everyday NHLer. That's, that's valuable. That's the same with, you know, whether it's Michelli or Gunner, uh, whoever, you know, that's, those are the, the players that you want to be talking to, to uh, know what you need to do to be a better player. And sometimes literally, and just, I'm hoping that it's, it's the same thing with Connor geeky right now. Cause that, those first couple of games really to me really, really impressive yeah is you learn the lesson and you immediately start working on it and that should realistically like it, it can change a timeline from when you're drafted to even after that first training camp from was if connor geeky was supposed to take three to five years it could be two to four and yep. that's shaving a year off is ridiculously valuable so it's like i i just player development then and it's the best aspect of getting the veterans in right now is you want these kids to know exactly what they have to do I am going to disagree a little bit with, like, uh, I, I've seen that Michelle should be an NHLer, but I think that you specifically said everyday NHLer, not just an NHLer. So yeah. I think we're probably on at least the same page. But I'm also uh, a, a fire-type player in Pokemon, so it's like I like big number. I like quickness. I like yeah. uh, big damage on board. So you, you throw up some big points, and I'm like, I'm all for it. The um, other cool thing, I don't know if we talked about this last episode but we also did hire on i think two other people to be uh development coaches as well so that's Mm -hmm. nice to hear uh once again you know 
all the all you critical people about the ownership group, look at how much is being invested in talent scouting, how much is being invested in drafting, how much is being invested into developing those people that have been drafted. That's a lot of money, and that's money that this team hasn't been able to pay for in previous past, and that's the money that you need to put it in. Uh, arguably the most important part if you are a Coyotes fan. So, yeah, I, I think that's good to, to hear. I think it was two other people who uh, were also hired on. Uh, I also know that they hired on one of the coaches that they had like a few years back. They, they brought in, um, I think it's two African-American coaches, and... They were, uh, they're they're both brought in. One of them was hired on as a uh, a development coach, I believe. So I think they, I think they have three development coaches and one head development coach. So it's stuff that they've needed for a long time. Again, I, yeah. I'll bang on about this over and over again. This is just going to be you know, go ahead and, t- and turn your headphones off for three seconds. But ownership, quality ownership, you need. Uh, the, the arena, a quality, well-placed arena, and winning on the ice. They are working on getting that arena. They're already in a good spot. They were the ticket, 4,700 seats and ticket sales going up. Revenues mm-hmm. going up, exactly like like Bettman said. It's a hockey market. We're in a hockey market. Everyone can see that. The people that just don't like Arizona as a market or don't like the team, whatever your personal bias is, it's just kind of a little sad, but it's like the, the people that are important realize the hockey market and now you're going to be developing that winning culture those winning players we're going to win a stanley cup 2025 as a meme might have been a little early but uh, was it 2027 because <laughs> there's an interesting stat is only two teams have gone undefeated in preseason one was the worst uh colorado avalanche team in history one was the coyotes a couple years ago so it was like seven years later they win the cup so i'm like 2027 2027 the Coyotes are going to win the Stanley Cup. Go. That's the that's the <laughs> magic ticket right there. That's the ticket that we needed. All I'm going to say is Connor Bedard's going to look real great in a Kachina. All I'm going <laughs> to say is that Russian kid's going to look great in a Kachina. I doubt I doubt it. I still think you that if, I think that if we're not picking Bedard, it has to be a Fentilli. It has to be. I do like. You don't think we get Mitchkov? I think Mitchkov is good. We don't need him. We have Dylan Gunther. We don't need a scoring, a scoring winger. We need we need centers. We desperately need centers. As many as we well, can bring we've in. We've been just, patching up that that you know center spot for a while now. Like we we went to having to sh- to kick Nathan Smith down to the minors because we put a, a good enough you know center depth down there. Now we're not a playoff team yet, so obviously your point is still valid of the, we still need like elite level centers, but we're addressing the the center problem. We are. I'm not doubting that. We, you know, we we now have Smith, McBain, uh Hayden, who else is there? Uh Cooley, Geeky, first line center Boyd. Travis Boyd, <laughs> yep. Like so <laughs> like it's all it's all starting to get there, but we we need that generational talent on the first line center spot. We need it. Logan Cooley. You mean player of the was it player of the week? Logan Cooley? I, I like his first game, Logan Cooley? I, I like Cooley. I'm just cautiously optimistic with him. I love Cooley. He was the player that I wanted the Coyotes to draft in this year's draft. Um if we weren't going to get Shane Wright and then obviously Shane Wright was there, but I, I agree. Ultimately picking Cooley was probably the right decision. Uh, but I'm, uh, 
you know, just because of the back end stuff that we were potentially hearing allegedly. So uh, we want somebody who's going to want to come here and play. Uh, but just I'm being cautiously optimistic with Cooley. Okay. Cautious. I, I don't Listen, want to, I don't want to call him generational just yet. I will say this right now with full confidence. I am willing to take this shot. He will be a better NHLer than Peter Mueller and Kyle Turris and uh, Max Domi. He will be a better NHLer than most of the last players that we've been like, oh, this is our guy. He's going to be our guy for the future. He's going to be like a, a top six minimum you know, player in this league. I'm See, here's the concerning part, though. You know who you didn't put on that list? Who? Oh. The other third overall pick, Dylan Strom. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. He will be, he'll be a better NHL than Dylan Strom. I'm cautious. See, this is why I'm cautious. Okay. Cause you know what? Dylan Strom went back down to the minors and then had a better season than Connor McDavid did. Okay. So be careful. That's all I'm saying. Be careful. That's fair. That's fair. Now, now we've gotten all this out of the way. Yeah. Is there any last topics you want to talk about or do you want to get into some personal stuff? Uh, what time are we? At? Oh God, we're already pretty far into this podcast. Holy smokes. I don't have a timestamp, but I'm, we're, I'm on. We're, we're approaching 40 minutes. So we're, uh, we're pretty deep in. So I, I will say, I just want to quickly go over, uh, how we're going to look this season, like players to watch, and then we can get mm-hmm. into personal stuff. Is that all right? Yeah, that's, yeah, fine. I just, want, I just wanted to see where yeah, the timestamp was on everything. Fine. All right. <laughs> fine. I see. I see. <laughs> what? Yeah. Huh? Huh? <laughs> All right. So play, players to watch. I'm, I'm going to quickly get into this. Man, Baird Hayden look, has looked like a man on a mission. I think he has like six points in four games. I hope it continues because if he can solidify at least a second line center position this year, I will be extremely happy with his development because, uh, man, it was looking a little grim and looking at back at that draft and all the players that we passed up on for him. Right. It was uh, a little scary because I remember that draft. I said, if uh, if uh, Kachuk wasn't there, which he wasn't, that we should uh, pick up Quentin Hughes and. Seeing how well Quentin Hughes has been doing offensively in Vancouver has been real sad. So I want I want Barrett Hayden to succeed. I don't want him to loom in that shadow in my mind. I want him to be the guy that we look back on and go, okay, this might be the best centerman in the draft. All I'm going to say is with how I, I've noticed a little bit because uh, some of the highlights I was watching, and I think I tuned in for a little bit of one of the games that he was playing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say it was against Anaheim, but memory. But just the different way he's skating, the, the kind of the drive he's developed so far just in the preseason. So, again, cautious, cautious. But it looks like maybe whatever was said behind the scenes, because there was that long negotiation Yep. There was the long silence. There was the, is he still going to be here? Like, are they going to try to trade him? What's going on here? Maybe something was said that essentially jolted him, that essentially got him to wake up from whatever is like, whether it is just he fully healed, whether it was a mental block, 
whether it was fully embracing a rebuild, anything that was said. Maybe it was literally just like the the classic, oh, you ain't good enough, kid. Maybe. I got no inside sources, (laughs) like none. But that that probably communicates to me something was said and he is now like dead set on proving it wrong. Even if what was said was as simple as you're not worth six million a season. And he's like, I'm going to be even if it's something as simple as that. So I'm like, I if he continues it into the regular season, let's say if he can get to 19 goals this year. Yep. I'll take it. I want a 20 goals, but the amount of times I've said, oh, he should be a 20 goal scorer, and they didn't. I'm like, I'm just going to say 19, change it up a little bit. If he can get 19 goals, I'm more than happy. If he can get, would you say 35 is asking too much, or would you say around 40 is where like you want him to be this year and in that points second? Or, points or assists? Points, total points. I would say, I, man, I'm I'm gonna go with the Derek Stepan approach. It's got to be 55. Mister Mister puts up 55 points uh, a season. I I would say 55 is my goal. If you're in the second line position, I want to see 55 points, and I'm happy. I'll take minimum 45 then, or 40 like 40. You know what? 41 minimum. Give me like a half a point per game. Like I know that's. A little bit of adjusted standards and whatnot, but like I also don't want to put too much on the kid just yet. It's like he's showing good development; it's been consistent, but I want to see that jump. So, forty-one points will be a success in my mind. Okay. Another player to watch: Jackery McBain, the man among children, all throughout the rookie camp, all throughout the prospect camp, all throughout the uh, training camp so far that I've seen. Yep. The fact that even Nathan Smith was on a different level and he didn't make the team, and Ross is not finalized. McBain could still get sent down. I don't see it, but then again, I also saw both him and Smith making the roster. So make of that what you will. But he beat out Smith, and I think to a small degree, not quite like 100%, but like in terms of overall production, I think Smith outplayed him. Yeah. I like McBain's game more, but I just, I think that Smith scoring wise outplayed him, and he got sent down. Like, I think McBain's going to be around a 20 goal score. I think, I think how good he is. I think the reason for that was because we could see McBain playing the bottom six and he'd be good. And I think ultimately they didn't see Nathan Smith surpassing anybody in the top six. So I think Mm -hmm. that was kind of what happened. Whereas I think Nathan Smith might have been the better player over Jack McBain. uh, But given the role availability, that was what probably forced their hand. What surprised me is just how quickly out of camp he was, right? I figured he would at least make it to the final cut. And then you're like, okay, you looked great. We're sending you down. But, you know, to, to drop him down so quickly, that was the surprise to me. That even makes sense because, like, if McBain, let's say it's like, a, that would also fit with literally what I just said, where yeah. it's like, you know, this was a better offensive player. If they know what their top six already looks like, which is going to be Schmaltz, Keller, Boyd, that's already your top line. Probably Krauser, Hayton, and you could throw anyone else on the on the right side. But I just I don't know if they're like, hey, Smith is a is a more natural center. We want to keep him at center, or if they just have someone else that outplayed him for that you know right shot side, that right side. It's looking at it like McBain does more all around, so he fits the mold perfectly for depth scoring and defensive responsibility and good faceoff percentages on that third line spot. Whereas, you know, Smith works better as a as a second line person, but he's just not good enough yet. So it's like, okay, if we get an injury, let's just say to that right shot side, whoever takes that right wing side. Okay, Smith, you're coming up and that's your that's your spot. That's your shot. So I'm like, 
that would also like line up perfectly. So I think we're kind of in sync on that on that one. But I still would not be surprised if McBain ends up getting into some. I, actually, now that I think about it, what if that's another factor of why Hayden looks so good? Because he knows that with how well McBain and Smith were playing, he would have gotten passed up if he didn't Maybe. hit another gear. And it yeah. was literally just another way to unlock more yep. out of the prospects you had. Like that. Yeah. I don't think McBain's going to care about getting third line minutes. I saw a top six role at the NHL level. And well, I think he's good enough for it. It makes sense. You know, competition is good. This is why you have to light a fire under a developing player's butt. You know, this is why. This is what gets them to that next level. They're, they're not just given a role and told this is your role. We've seen that in the past with the Coyotes and you end up with Brendan Pirellini. Sorry, but that's true, you know, and uh, actually lighting a fire under a developing player's butt and telling them your, your position could be gone in, uh, you know, one bad game. Don't F up. And uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with you. That makes a lot of sense of why, we're seeing some really good play out of Barrett Hayden because we've seen it before in the past. Like when he got that call up last year, those first few games, he looked, you know, ecstatic. He looked great. And then it kind of just tapered off a little by little. And it makes sense, you know, hey, prove yourself or else there's somebody hungrier behind you that will take it. And McBain and Smith are very hungry. This yep. entire, I was enamored by both the entire camp. The, literally not a single minute of the camp was I at, like, oh, Smith looks okay. Or McBain looks kind of like, no, I was enamored the entire time. So it's like yep. that should also just go to compliment the work that Hayden's putting in right now. Yep. So it's like, I don't care if it took all this, these extremes for the stars to align, the stars did. And as long as they keep aligning, because it's one thing for preseason and once again, cautious optimism, but it's one thing for preseason, but if it continues in the regular season, boy, like I've been saying, even as of last year, and guess what? They were better than people thought they were last year. I was right. They might be better than you expect. Does not mean they're not finishing bottom five. I would take fifth, though, you know, a couple spots higher, but yeah, go get me a top five pick. <laughs> All right. I got one more. One more. And then we'll, we'll get into the personals. All right. I don't think anybody right. is too surprised. I think we're, we were shocked, but we weren't surprised at the production that Clayton Keller produced at last year. Uh, 67 games played before his injury, 63 points, 28 goals, 35 assists. He was on pace for 77 points. Uh, barring injury, obviously, do you think that we are going to see uh, the, this Clayton Keller that we saw last season at a 77-point pace uh, maybe does he even hit 80 points this year? What are your thoughts? I need to see him skate. Like, nothing against Kells. I, I went from being very critical to loving all the, the overall you know improvements in his game. He is, him and Chick, the best players on the team. I think Clayton Keller is the best player. So uh, that's, the, that's the perspective I'm coming at this question from. I have to see him skate. He was supposed to skate, I think, last night, and they decided to just take him out for the rest of the of the preseason, you know, the entire preseason for kind of precautionary reasons. And I agree and disagree because if he comes out to a sluggish start, it could either almost derail the train that is the season, or it could just be that, a sluggish start. Yeah. And there also could be the mental aspect I was talking about when he got injured of he also might not be the same exact skater and overall player he was because 
you break your femur clean and and tell me that you feel 100% confident going as fast as he, as he used to. So yep. it's like not saying he can't, but it's, I need to see him skate. Yep. If he, he looks good, close to the Clayton Keller of last year, 30 goals, at least 40 assists, n- not even like a question, 100%, 70 points, not even questioning it. If there's any any other variable there, it depends on how anything else moves forward. And I, I really want to see this kid come out and like score in the first game. I want to see a hot start. I want to see him look just like the old Clayton Keller. I want people to look at my like caution here and be like, you're an idiot, please. I want to be called an idiot because like he's the future. It's him, Gunner, Cooley. It's like these are guys that they need to all be there at their best. And I don't want to see like Clayton Keller's career derail. So it's it's a bit of a convoluted answer, but it comes down to I need to see him skate. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Well, that's all that I have. So do you want to move on or do you have anything else? Uh, look to J.J. Moser to establish himself as a full-time mm, top four. Like, good, full-time. Good not call. just friend, not just, you know, it's like he was so impressive last year. And I know I agree. a lot of injuries, a lot of it's like, I just, I don't see there being four defensemen better than him on the team. Yep. No disrespect to anyone. Yep. That is how, like, above, like, shatter my expectations. I knew he was good defensively. I didn't know he could add the amount of depth scoring that he did because I, I expected nothing. The the kind of on ice by example leadership I saw out of a what twenty year old yeah. twenty twenty one year old kid like that you can't teach that stuff how well, responsibly one positioning. Well, you know. I was, was going to say the crazy part is if Chikrin gets traded, I suspect that Gossespierre is going to get traded at the deadline. All of a sudden, Moser is our first line left wing, like or sorry left lefty, like. That that's a big jump for a young kid like that. So I'm really curious to see how he takes that because all of a sudden, man, you know, you are commanding that first line uh, lefty position. And I'm really curious to see how he's going to embrace that at the end of the season. If obviously there aren't another player that comes in via trade or something like that, you know. You know, unless we get, you know, like a superstar defenseman or something. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But all I know is that it's just I, I keep an eye on him. I do yeah. also want to bring a cautious, like, eye. Like, not, not a player to look for in, like, the positive sense, but a player to look for. And I know, and I do believe this, defensemen take longer, goalies take longer. Soderstrom has to show something this year because he was kind of getting that shot back in the offense back a little bit in the AHL. When he came back up, I saw nothing at the NHL level. It isn't just about scoring. It's about also showing that shoot first, like that quote. And it was whenever he took Capobianco's spot, I think a year or two ago, he's like, I would just shoot the puck. And he came in for a couple of games. He did that. And I was like that shoot first. That's one of your biggest strengths. Very, you know, good with moving the puck. I think his defense is okay. I think he got a little bit better defensively, strictly defensively. But it's I need to see you're an NHL level player. I want that offense back because if he can't get the offense back, we wasted what was it seventh overall for him on what will end up being is eleventh or twelfth. I would say yeah. Then we wasted eleventh overall on essentially a bottom pairing defensive defenseman, and you can use those. But I would have rather had Cole Caulfield. Yeah, well, Honestly. I mean, with with the amount of hype that he was getting too in that draft, like people people crazy enough 
including myself, were saying that, you know, I wouldn't say he was as good, but there were some comparables to, like, a Victor Hedman, like a light Victor Hedman, like a really light. Like, I'm not talking Norris caliber. I'm just saying, like, the, the play style of Victor Hedman. And uh, so it's like I, just, I want some of that back, you know, yeah. it's like I need that back because like anything less than that is a bust and nothing against him personally. But it's just especially when we know what we could have got and we needed that scoring winger. Cole Caulfield would have been great yep. with Coach Turnier and this system, you know, this kind of building or if Coach Turnier comes in anyway and they still try to compete. Cole Caulfield would have helped us with that. Does it mean yep. he'd have been the exact same player? Because, well, player development for this franchise in Montreal is different. But still, I would have rather had that offensive upside because if Soderstrom doesn't start to show something, it's like nothing personal. I would have rather had, you know, Caulfield. Yeah, of course, 100%. I think everybody can agree with that. Um, I, I think it really comes down to that post-deadline team the way it looks it's going to be ravaged with trades i i'm suspecting it now you know the the amount of retainment slots that the coyotes have i think they still have two correct like i think it's at least two yeah like you're going to be able to retain on at least two players this this deadline you know players that are on expiring contracts that you're going to see teams pick up you know i i'm not going to say patrick nemeth is going to get traded for a lot but i could see a veteran defenseman right-handed like him you retain on that, all of a sudden, I think he's like a million dollars. It a team's going to pay like a six or seven just to have that insurance that can sit in the uh, healthy scratch, you know. Especially if he plays better this year, like especially yeah. if with that ice time, he's like a little low, little lower pressure, a different kind of role. You know, gets the ice time improves, then he goes from that reputation he had coming out of you know New York. A lot of New York fans were like, "Oh, good, you know, thanks for taking our trash." Essentially, but it's like if we can turn that into even a fifth round pick, like that's the high, probably the highest value. It would yeah, be, I wouldn't be plays. any higher than that. If, if you can turn it into that, like that's a win. Yeah. Honestly, you know, hand to God, that's a win. Well, well it's important too, because like back to the, the player thing, like all of a sudden, sorry, my eye is watering. I just got like something in my nose. I think somebody started cooking. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I got like a aroma kind of smell like an onion almost the, um, you know, all of a sudden that position opens up for a Soderstrom. It opens up for, you know, somebody in the, the development phase that's going to be hungry and want to get into that that position. Uh, yeah, I would say we are approaching almost an hour. So do we want to move on to uh, talking some personal news real quick? I'd like to. I got okay. I got something pretty fun. All right, tell me all about what you pulled, mister. <laughs> uh, that was on payday. That was like I went to get my comic yeah, books. Of course it was like, payday. Well, that was payday for you <laughs> after that pull. And then I'll, and then I'll, I'll get this box of brilliant stars. I never opened a box. And then I got the, the gold rare Charizard. It's funny because I had some individual packs. And on the online, when you can redeem your packs, I pulled the gold rare or the, the gold Charizard Vista or the sorry, not gold rainbow, the rainbow Charizard yeah. Vista. I'm like, oh, the pulls are insane online. And on my first box, I'm not buying another box, by the way. First box, I pull one of those. So that was pretty fun. But no, the better news. OK, let's do uh, the better news. Uh, other than me uh, having <laughs> I spent too much of that paycheck. So now I got like a hundred seven bucks for gas for the next two. <laughs> oh, that's uh... so I, I am. Literally the definition of responsible. So kids, spend all your money 
Don't get, think about it. Call off work. I'll get you about a full <laughs> tank of gas. <laughs> hey, if I can ride the light rail, that's it's funny. If I if I can just get myself to one of those parking rides to the light rail, all right, it's sixty four for thirty one days. Meaning, if I did that plus gas, and the gas wouldn't be that much because it's cutting out a lot of the the mileage. I could literally cut my my gas bill from I was setting two hundred dollars a paycheck aside when I was working in Buckeye to I could probably get down to like. A buck fifty, a buck forty, and that's extra money I can throw into a box and be like, "That's my savings account." But anyway, the exciting news: I just got off work, working at the stadium, setting up sidelines or whatever, and I get a call after I'd already accepted the call wasn't going to happen because it was taking a while for me. All right, we have a we have a job, we have one job opening, and it's yours if you want it. I accept. Yes, the meme. <laughs> Me applying for a job I did not think I was qualified for, just to say it on the podcast. I got it. I freaking got it. Uh, I I don't work for ASU. I work for the company that is running the the Mullet Arena. But hopefully, once I I got the the paperwork sent over to me and everything, I'll be starting by Sun Devil's opening night. Hopefully. So it's like... I, I I'm ex- I'm ecstatic. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to be able to open up a hockey stadium, open up a hockey arena. Like, yep. like I've got like, obviously anything like I don't know what my employment contracts or anything is going to say, but I'll go ahead and say it right now. Uh, I'll, I'll disclose anytime I, I have to talk about stuff that like would pertain to the arena. Anything that I hear from like a boss, anything I hear from like anyone that works for this company like that, I'm just not going to be allowed to say. Yeah, I can talk to Richie personally off the show, but like, you know, if there's certain stuff that like I just I shouldn't be talking about, like I'm just not going to. <laughs> yeah, don't. That is absolutely the right call, and uh, I mean that's an unreal experience, man. That sounds really awesome. I know my grandfather before he passed away. You know, he was uh, starting to head down the dementia hole, but like an experience that he absolutely loved and like never forgot was his uh, ability to go and stand on the D-backs roof because he helped design the roof opening and closing. And then he also helped design the roof for um, the Cardinals as well, their opening roof. Uh, And before he passed away, like those were two experiences that he like never forgot. And he always talked about those. And it's something similar, like obviously like, it's not as hands-on with you. Like you, you didn't design something there, but like to have the experience of, I was there when this arena was built, you know, I was there. I was the first guy to do this position when they started, you know, that that's a really cool experience. I think that that's going to be really awesome. I was like, during the tour, I was a kid in a candy store. Like I I was standing next to Josh Doan's locker. I was like, I couldn't take the picture, yeah. uh, but I was like, I was just excited, like just like a giddy school school girl or whatever. Just like just, such a cool experience. Like I got to work at the Coyotes Arena. I started like in the as a parking lot attendant when I was eighteen. Did some guest services, did some operation stuff there. So I worked there a couple of times. My dad, like, I grew up in in Heal River Arena, Jobby.com, because my dad started working there in two thousand and seven. Yeah. I've worked at Camelback Ranch very briefly, and then my dad worked there, so I also spent a lot of time there. I worked at the Cardinal Stadium now three separate occasions. Probably still going to be there at least a day a week or so. Just to, I like going over there, but it's like it's always a cool experience to get to work in these facilities, but especially for the hockey. Like, like I love baseball, football is a sport I like when I'm drinking, but it's like hockey is just 
different level, man. I'm I'm, I'm so freaking stoked. Just yep. it's also why I'm gonna be on my best behavior. So I'm also saying it right now. Like if there's stuff that I shouldn't be talking about, not gonna. If there's stuff that I I have information on that I shouldn't share, that information's not getting shared. Just straight yep. up. If there is some stuff that like if I can read and it's like publicly available and I can like stretch it a little bit, maybe I'll only the publicly available stuff. But even then, that's like we're stretching a wire like that is like the, the closest I'm getting to that line because like I, I, I wouldn't want to ruin this. Yeah, but I'm, I'm so I'm so freaking excited, dude. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. I'm uh, I'm excited for you. I'm I'm real excited. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up. We are over an hour, so we're right at our mark. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you've gotten to this point, I don't know why you haven't subscribed or liked or followed and done all the cool stuff that, you know, the algorithm likes. Um, sides from that, you know, episode Barrett Hayden is now drawn to a close and all we can hope for is Barrett Hayden to do much better than this podcast and just absolutely kill it. <laughs> you don't think he'll get 93 goals this year? You don't, no, you don't think no. <laughs> don't think that. But I will say, if he hits 55 points, I will be very happy with that. Very, very happy. 30 goals, 30 assists. If he plays, if this drive like continues throughout the season, 20 goals, 30 assists, I have yep. no problem predicting that. Like That should be realistic. Again, if it continues, just want to make sure that asterisk is there in like bold lettering on the on yep. screen. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Uh, thank you so much for watching and we will see you next week.